Fine, Dave. I don't know. And Craig. Guilty. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards, sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, guilty pleasures. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And anything we talk about is inspired by the WWE Network. So do yourself a favor and get your free month today to watch anything WWE, WCW, ECW, and more. I just realized when I said guilty pleasures, that got a little weird. Um, Please save me and tell me what we're talking about, guys. Are we talking about wrestling? I hope so. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm glad you cleared that up because... <laughs> I might have went terrible. a different direction. That's uh, terrible. This is kind of like underrated wrestlers. It's really like our guilty pleasures. Like whether the wrestler wasn't popular or nobody talks about them now or didn't get over. So, yeah. Or didn't get over. And some people are like, really? You like that person? Like this is a guilty pleasure. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I did like that person. It's I like, I like them and I'm going to come out of the closet now and say, I liked them. So I'm going to do that mm-hmm. on this episode. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Craig, what do you have to add on that, bud? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very much like underrated, but it's also those that like you would watch. And even if they were pushed or were kind of popular, it still wasn't popular for you to say, I really like watching this wrestler. It's uh, you, you almost feel guilty and a bit of shame for admitting how much you like them out of ridicule. So it's a combination of underrated. Plus, I don't care what people think. I enjoy them and I'm sticking with my opinion. I really like care. Marty Jannetty as the Michelin man. What? Oh. <laughs> right. That's not an example, is it? Oh, my, my bad. My bad. All right, Jess. Who's kicking off first? You want me to... Run this hey, how's this board? working, Jess? Jess, how's this working, Jess? All right, so we're going to go around the table here. We're going to pick two singles wrestlers in one tag team. I think that's pretty good. And yeah. all, we don't know who each other is. I didn't know that picked. was the rules. Stop. Uh, wow. <laughs> my wife's going to come out. Would shut up. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so, so yeah, that's right. We'll go around the table. We'll do two singles and one tag. Maybe we'll mix it up. We'll do a singles tag singles. How about that? Uh, to throw it in there and we'll go Love around it. and okay. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to call on Craig to go first. I have a feeling. Craig? What's your, who's your singles guilty pleasure? Okay. This guy was pushed. This guy main evented WrestleMania, but what? I don't think this guy gets the uh, respect that he deserves. And you don't think of this when you think of either Mount Rushmore or a guy that is in the top, I don't know, hundred, but every time I saw him, I loved his gimmick. I thought he worked very hard. I thought he was a fantastic worker. I thought he inspired others um, kind of beyond his years. I'm talking about Bam Bam Bigelow. I Ooh. always enjoyed. I completely mis- thought that you were going a different direction, by the way. 
Really? Who did you think yeah, I was, was going to say? I thought you were going to say Miz. <clears throat> oh, wow. Because <laughs> that description wow, fits him exactly. Like, where yeah. he, after that Daniel Bryan promo a couple years ago, he kind of garnered some kind of, like, hardcore fan support because he was shooting. But, like, yeah. for the most part, people are like, fuck the Miz. Like, no, yeah. that sucks. Yeah, but that's I, very but true. I, like, I thought you were going to say the Miz. But Bam and Bigelow yeah. is a great choice because I feel he's very underappreciated uh, as far as history is concerned. It, it is an, inter- an interesting guilty pleasure because, you know, he, he went all over the place. He hit every major federation and he toured everywhere and probably never got the his due when it comes to a title run in any no. way, shape or form. He was definitely built to feed the title holder, especially in WWF. Um, that happened, but... Bam Bam Bigelow is um, really good. Champ setting him up. Look out. Big splash. And not even Rick Rude can stand up to anything like that. What a match this is, Gorilla. Oh, look at this power display by Bam Bam. I don't know how else to say it. Like, Bam Bam Bigelow for a big man. You know, Vader came up quick and kind of outshined him for a moment, but Bam Bam was doing things that no other big man was doing until Vader hit the scene. And even at that point, Vader Vader might not have had the ability to work as well as Bam Bam did. Bam Bam could take care of people. There. They Vader were, was just a monster. Um, they were a know? team together in Japan, too, Vader. Yeah. <laughs> That's just horrifying. Imagine <laughs> having to wrestle those guys on the card. Bam Bam I'm Vader. Like, I'll, I'll see you later is what I yeah, said. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, I'm like, Checking the sheet of who I want to wrestle, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, ah, like fuck, I forgot I left the stove on. Oh, that's not going to fucking work for me. Yeah, no, I'm not not doing it. Yeah, my horse is sick, is what some people would say. Yeah, I you mean, know. you watch shoot, shoot interviews with Bam Bam. He never was about, like, he never argued backstage or tried to politic. He just, you pay him and you do the job. You just got to respect him and pay him the right amount and do what you mm-hmm. say you're going to do. And I'm the. He was trusted to main event WrestleMania work with Lawrence Taylor and um, and pulled that off, actually, and, and let a football player he, kind of pin you him. You can argue he was the ring general for that match, too. He was yeah. the kind of guy that put it all together. I think so the I, I was that you said, too, uh, didn't play politics, I think, is probably like the best way, because he didn't. Whether it was the click era or even before that, like he was getting a lot of attention in 87 and 88. And then he just, I don't remember... If he chose not to resign or something happened, but um, he was hot as shit, especially that Survivor Series match in 87 when he was on Hogan's team. The crowd was arguably louder for him than even Hogan. When Hogan would get in their place, would go nuts. But people were on fire when Bigelow would tag in. And he was just like the next thing that people seen yeah. they were going to gravitate towards. And then like four months later, nothing. Like he just kind of disappeared and went away. So I think Craig's right. I think he just didn't play politics. He wasn't about that. And he was just like, oh, I'm not going to do this shit. I'm going to show up. If you want to use me, you can hear the people use me. If not, like, I got to go. I'm not going to ride with Vince or call Vince every day or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever the politic game was that you had to do to kind of show that you were a team player. I think Bigelow was like, fuck that shit. Gonna he wasn't going to say, hey, hey, brother. Hey, brother. That doesn't work for me, brother. No, that was bro. a terrible Bigelow. I don't know if that was a Bigelow impression. I don't, I don't know, know what that was. Bigelow. Someone save me. Like? Stop so, it. Somebody hit the audience. He's passed away, that. Dave. I don't remember what he sounds like, okay? That's terrible. <laughs> so, uh, God, should I go or Dave or do you want to go? What are we going to... I get to pick. Okay. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Even better. I, even better. I pick Jess. Yeah. I... Yeah. Okay. So, I... Okay. 
Mark Merrill. Wow. Oh, interesting. I look, he was silly and gimmicky in like 91, 92 when he started the Johnny B. Bad thing. And he, to me, for whatever odd reason, in like 93, 94, started working really hard. And I really would notice him getting better in the ring. And I actually liked Johnny B. Bad. And then when he went to WWF, I was kind of excited because he went as Mark Merrow. And then his wife ended up outshining him. And he. I brought a lot of injuries with him. He was injured often. And I think that really hindered his uh, stint in WWF was you had a wife that ended up being hotter than you. Um, and then yeah. injuries started piling up and I think he couldn't keep up with the pace. And when the attitude era took off, I don't think he, he didn't have the edge, but he was really an improved wrestler in WCW towards the end. There's a particular match he had in a fall brawl of 95 against Brian Pillman. I recommend that to anybody. That was a fantastic match. And uh, it showed how much he had come along. I swear, all throughout the year of 1994, Johnny B. Bad opened every WCW pay I was just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. And Which whether is, it was Regal, Honky, any, uh, anybody, you know, anybody that's, DDP. To your point, that's, that says you're going to open it up, you're going to blast us off on this pay-per-view, that's, that's a big... It's a big deal. I think that's a big responsibility. And it if is, you do yeah. it right, like if you do it right, you're talented. Like the curtain jerker is not anything to be taken lightly. You have to do your part yeah. on the card. It An sets the tone. Lost nowadays, you know, they'll open up a paper and be like, the opening contest is a hell in the cell. Like nowadays. And I'm like, why? Why are you fucking opening the pay-per-view with hell in the cell? Mm-hmm. Maybe you should, like, maybe you should end with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take, I'll take Johnny B. Bad's, you know, crabby fireworks. I'm bad, baby. Oh. So that's my and, uh, and he gets a bad rap now. A lot of people on podcasts I listen to are like, "Oh, you mean like Johnny be bad?" Like that kind of like. What's joke. wrong with and that? I'm like, that's there's yeah. nothing. Like, Mark Merrill was actually a very talented performer, and you would see him progress and introduce new moves, whether it was like that jump over the top rope, twisting into the leg drop, or he did the uh, was it the 450 splash he tried off the top or something. Like he did a lot of things. He was just trying new things. Like every time I just, I just, I just laughed because I can't remember who said it, but they would imitate Dusty and go, "Don't worry, baby, we got this. We got this little Richard lookalike. This is gonna be." Uh, yeah, and Dusty gave him a start. Yeah, like Dusty was the guy. He was. The- so I, I, no. my guilty pleasure is Mark Merrow slash Johnny B. Bad. I, I enjoyed him. That's a, it's a good choice. I mean, he had a great body, had great moves. He was brave enough to wear kind of makeup, but he was a, I think he was a, a legit tough guy in boxer in his past too, and well, like. The only thing about I will say the only thing is to, to Jess's point about he opened every pay per view for about sixteen months. He would fire that stupid gun, and then for the next three oh hours, everyone would have confetti oh, stuck on their sweaty backs. Gun. Oh man! Can I re- can I pick somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> so it would stay the entire rest of the card. Anyone who went yeah. outside, and had, anybody who got you outside would come up with their back lit up like a Christmas. Yeah, party. like it's, a it's like damn it. God damn Johnny. Johnny. Joe would always Stop say, it, Johnny. fucking Johnny be bad. Fucking Johnny be bad. <laughs> I, I'm not, that's a good I'll, choice, though. I'll never get mad at Johnny be bad. It's so that's good. my uh, pick. Uh, David. Nope. Well, all right. this was, I don't, I don't know if it's going to, mm, I don't know if it's going to top what you guys got, but I'll, I'll kick it off anyway. I'm going to, I'm going to go, hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change it up here, actually. I'm going <laughs> to, 
I can't I can't top it unless I unless I unless I change it up a little bit. How about we go with Disco Inferno? Oh. The Disco Inferno, we, we talked about we're talking about this over and over. People were like, oh, Disco Inferno gimmick, it's so bad, oh, it's so lame. Disco Inferno, man, was uh, a, a total guilty pleasure because when that guy got in the ring, that boy could work, man. He was he was really good in there, definitely knew his craft, um, built, you know, kind of constrained within the realm of his gimmick, but he <laughs> he's he totally committed to the gimmick of Disco Inferno, first of all. And he got it over over a period of time, but I, but I still say it's a guilty pleasure because I don't think he ever took it to the to the heights that he thought it was capable of. But a Disco Inferno match is always entertaining to watch. You will watch it. If you, oh, it's Disco. I'll, I'll watch Disco. Even though Disco was kind of, People are like, oh, it's a joke. Disco Inferno is a fucking joke. No, not really. Disco was really, really good and really talented. And you will stop and go, I'm not fast forwarding that on the network. I'll, I'll watch that match with Disco Inferno. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, it was very gimmicky, and I think ultimately that held him back. But Disco Inferno is, I've used the phrase often, is a very good professional wrestler. And really if you good. watch him in there, and his movements are good. He takes care of his opponent, and he feeds them, which is really important. Um, he knows how to feed not just their comebacks, but he knows the moves that somebody that's taking a move needs to do to make it easier on the guy doing the offensive. If that makes any sense, because yeah. he just knows what to do. He leans in when he has to lead in. He it's walks. The, just the go with it. Jess. Yeah. As he's selling, he's doing certain movements to get in position without looking obvious. We see a lot of wrestlers. Now when they get knocked down, they obviously scoot in position. Like disco had the art form of like, he would sell, but he would be getting in position as he's selling. So he knew where really the spot notice. needed to be. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't notice that he's getting in position. He wouldn't scoot, obviously, in position. He would sell and roll and sell and then get in position where somebody else is. You know, the, you know the ultimate scooting into position is, is Honky versus Ultimate Warrior. Like, it's the ultimate scooting. Oh, like, go back and watch it. Look. <laughs> You know, like Honky had the scoots where Warrior was going to be and like make it work. I've never been a professional wrestler. I cannot even begin, you know, right. what the, what these guys do is great, but I cannot stand it. When I watch a wrestler obviously look up and scoot in a position, it bothers me so much. Like, yeah. or like they sell and then they look and they're like, oh, and they walk right over to the wrestler and feed him. You know, it's like, oh, come on. Like, God, guys, like you got to help me suspend disbelief here. But Disco to me was the opposite of that. Like he was really good in the ring. He truly was. Um, I'm annoyed at his podcast. I think he's annoying as shit, but that's probably the point. But, I've um, never heard his podcast. I did not know he had him, a podcast. Him, I did not know, know why one. you haven't because he does it with Conan. That's why you haven't. Oh god! There's oh, your problem. Hey, that, but, that's but one say, that, that's some of that won't be on my guilty pleasures list. Bye, no, yeah. and it's funny that like it's funny that he he came after Mark Mero, Johnny B. Bad because it was very similar. Like there was a great theme song. They trusted him enough. He wore bell bottoms. He kind of got the kids going with his like funky dance. They even put a little a disco ball in the ceiling for him to like bounce light off at one point. So he kind of opened and let off nitros and things and got kind of a, a, a push. And then really kind of towards the end, his matches became better. And he, you actually became a bit more serious and, uh, and, and, and challenge for things. So at least he got a little bit of a kind of glory towards the end. But I think it's, it's, it's a good choice. He was, he was that middle ground of, a curtain jerker, crowd cheerer, a little gimmicky, but he did the job well. But he's not so, one that you. Everyone said, "Man, Disco's great together in a in a room on a Monday." No, night. they wouldn't do that. Right. Like, oh, 
No, yeah. you're like, Disco's good. But or I'm going to go. Days. Yeah, WCW's in town. To see Disco? Yeah. Absolutely. Of course you're going to see Disco. That's right. <laughs> Is so that a Disco Inferno you- shirt? <laughs> <laughs> you went last, Dave. Now we're going to go to Tag Team. Who Ooh. are you going to pick on to do their tag team guilty? I get to roll through. I get I get the snake, as they say, and you know fantasy football picks. I'm at the end of the snake and the beginning of the snake. All right, um, you guys. I don't even care. This is these Whoa. are my guys. The to- the ultimate guilty pleasure. Jesus, uh, you guys already know who it is. We, I talk about it all the time. I think this finisher could have been the best finisher of a tag team. Uh, you know. At that time, and probably even now. If By they, the way, not to cut you off, but for yeah. historic purposes, I'm already typing it in because I know exactly who it is. <laughs> I already know exactly who it is. Um, but, you know, the, the backdrop into a suplex simultaneously was, in my opinion, was like, this is really fucking cool. I don't even care if they're heels. I don't care if they're going to get beat at every pay for you. Power and glory is my team. <laughs> like, I was, I was so in. I was like, these guys are awesome. I only dispute that choice because I think that they have a bigger groundswell. Like there's a lot, there's a thing online now that people, every time they see power and glory, they're like fucking awesome. What the, well, fuck? they could like, thank yeah. me for that because yeah. I've been, I've been touting you the have power been and glory for years. Yeah. For years. These guys were amazing. So, and so amazing to the point of where, you know, Paul Roma was just a guy. He was, he was coming up. They were, they were testing him out to see if he was going to be any good. Hercules Hernandez was already kind of on the mid car train uh, honestly, probably um, on top in those lower federations before they pulled him up into WWF, you know, Hercules Hernandez was a top guy. So you're, you're kind of in the land of the giants, but you're not so giant anymore. And they're like, well, let's see if we can pull you into a tag team faction. And, and, and you know, they had slick management. It was hilarious. And the work that they did in there was so good. They they naturally got over. And when they naturally got over in a tag team in the WWF and that late 80s, early 90s, what happened? Uh, they killed it. And that's why. They, they naturally got over. People started to enjoy them. To Jess's point, Power and Glory was the shit. There's deep underground for Power and Glory, but because that's not how it worked in WWF at the time, you didn't naturally get over like you could today, that they were basically dismantled. And that was the end of Power and Glory. But there was something really special there, and I will always hold um, a spot in my heart for for P for P and G, bro. They were badass. My my favorite match and most memorable one of theirs is the opening match against the Rockers of SummerSlam '90. So Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels legitly had a knee injury, so they hit him with the chain. Hercules hit him with the chain as he was coming down to the ring, which effectively put Michaels out. So Janetti had to like fight the whole match, and the crowd it was a Philadelphia crowd. And in WWF, it didn't matter. Like if you went into a rough territory, people were trained to cheer faces and boo heels. And m- half the crowd was cheering loudly for them. When they hit their finisher and they pinned Janetti, like the place kind of went crazy. And so like, I always, I loved that as a younger, I was like, I loved heels that got like a, a face kind of reaction. Cause you're like, God, those guys are awesome. But as Dave said, it's death in WWF back in 1990, because Vince is like, Nope, I want clear heels and clear faces, pal. Like mm-hmm. that's what he did. And that kind of was their undoing because they were actually getting positive responses, even on house shows against the rockers. Half the crowd was cheering loudly for power and glory. Cause they were fucking awesome. 
and their move, Hercules superplexing into Roma, splashing right after he hit the superplex, was an awesome finishing move that, again, you only saw edgy moves like that in NWA or the Crockett promotion or whatever. You didn't see that in WWF. It was really like a, you know, the good guys had cool moves, but the bad guys had good moves too, but it was, you didn't have a fucking awesome tear down the house finisher as a heel <laughs> like that. Like, that was an amazing move. And so, like, it was kind of, they were sort of doomed from the start in WWF land. If they were in WCW, I dare I say, they probably would have been fine for a couple of years. Like, you know, they might have been able to come over to WWF as faces if they were in WCW first. Not an LOD kind of pop, but something like that where they could have, you know, made their way and said, okay, these guys are good. They've proven themselves as faces. And now we're going to bring them in as faces here. But it's all where you start, you know, and yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the thunder rolling. Sorry, Craig. I'm I'm gonna do my tag team right now, Uh, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. The Nasty Boys are my guilty pleasure. I know a lot of these guys. There, Dave hates them. Uh, Their own mothers probably hate them. But the Nasty Boys, to me, they're multiple time tag team champions. Uh, They want WWF tag team titles. They want WCW, WCW. Excuse me, tag team titles. They defeated the Heart Foundation to win their WWF tag title. And uh, I was entertained by them. I love the Nasty Boys. Like, I don't know what it is about it. I They're my guilty pleasure. I actually really enjoyed the Nasty Boys. I liked it every time they were on. I love their gimmicks. I love the armpit thing. I don't know why. It's gross. Um, <laughs> and they were sloppy as shit. But, like, they... They would they would take as much too in the matches they would have with like you know Cactus Jack and fill in the mystery partner because he would tag with like you know Max Payne or Kevin Sullivan or whatever. But Nasty Boys and then Cactus Jack for like that span, like that three or four month span, like had amazing like street it's, fight matches, like it's crazy. Kind of oh my fight. god! Oh yeah. my god! They were awesome. Like they were totally awesome. WWF, they were used as a little bit over the top cartoon characters, but when they and before they went to WWF, Halloween Havoc 1990 against the Steiner brothers, that match to this day is still one of my favorite tag matches. Go back and watch that. That shit's nuts. Like they're, but they took everything. They were shit. They were one of the few teams that fucking were clubbing Scott Steiner on the back of the neck. Like, so I'm fucking punching you on the back of the neck for real. And then of course Steiner went nuts and destroyed them as well. But they were in any match. They took as much as they gave. They would be sloppy and it looked like they weren't very safe. However, I would argue they took more than they gave. They would take more punishment than what they would put out. They would, they would protect people in except for high spots sometimes, but they, to your point, it wasn't that they didn't try to hurt people. They just got sloppy, and that was probably the most yeah. dangerous part of the position I have. As long as it puts some dollars in your pocket. As long as it puts dollars in my pocket. You're right. But I don't worry about it. I'm here for the cash. This one's over. Very impressive indeed. The nasty boy. Yeah, yeah. I think they threw it in. Yeah, but they would be like, yeah, hit me in the face with the chair. Do this to me. I don't care. Yeah, like, whatever. Like, yeah, they were like, whatever. It's fine. So yeah, I, I they love were- the nasty boys. They were terrible human beings from all accounts. They they looked awful, um, both of them. They had terrible kind of, uh, they had terrible outfits with fake graffiti so so and, and shitty like multicolor. But Je- uh, to Jess's point, like they, they, there was an edge to them every time you saw them too. Like someone's going to break an arm. Uh, you you couldn't Sprint. take your eyes off them. They certainly were never a popcorn, take a pee match. Someone was going to get hurt, um, break a table. Things were going to go wrong. Um, you got the feeling things got a little like stiff and then uncomfortable sometimes. But then they could also work uh, really great with 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 opponents too on the same level. So it's like they were all they were they had different kind of styles and they were always kind of fun to watch in 
those that that string of 93 94 of wcw those mixed tag matches and and mystery partners they wow go back and watch all those yeah yeah for sure like when um uh god why am i forgetting that tag team's name there's another tag team uh public enemy when they started getting big mm. in like ecw land or whatever i was like that's nasty boys yeah like public enemy was nasty boys like there was yeah. total, like, a carbon copy was, like, imitated never yeah it was ecw's yeah. version of the nasty boys and uh they even went to wcw and they had matches with the nasty boys and then i think they then the nasty boys taught them a lesson about being a carbon copy yeah. of them in that match yeah, this too. is how no, to really no. this had a really slop wrestle by the way yeah it's not just putting people through tables we will fucking hit you with everything so i am always just, i like the nasty boys and i know they're not it's not a popular choice a lot of people are like fuck the nasty boys they suck and i'm like i didn't think so at all i didn't i, I think so, yeah. craig said it best was like you didn't go take a wizard during that match because you're like oh, i hate these guys but someone was gonna get their head taken off yeah so was, craig what is uh, what what's your tag dima uh, my favorite tag team, my guilty pleasure tag team is uh, Jerry Sags and Paul Roma, and they were uh, Nasty Glory. They were in um, Smoky glory. Mountain in 2000. Nasty Glory. <laughs> That's a great name, actually. Nasty Glory. glory. Yeah. Uh, Come on, no, I, uh, I, had, I had two in, in my head, and I'm going to go with the less cartoony one. Um, Quebecers. I always Ooh. really, really enjoyed the Quebecers because the Rougeaux were always fantastic. And one half of those guys. And then um, the what was the one eyed Quebecers name? Pierre. Yeah, Pierre and uh, um, Jacques. 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 Yeah. Jacques. Yeah. And Jacques. they like they were great together. And Pierre's re- could could wrestle. I didn't like his second gimmick after the Quebecers was like a pirate, but his Quebecer gimmick with Jacques, they put on some great tough matches and could be technical and were very, very inventive. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the Quebecers. Pirate, can I correct you? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that motherfucker stole Brett's jacket. So <laughs> don't sleep on that shit. <laughs> no, that is a, that's a really good choice. I, lo- I love the Quebecers, actually. They were really good. They were in yeah. that flux period of WWF when they didn't it's, really uh, know what their identity was yet, like '94, and so I think that like they were just a cool tag team to come along. They had good matches with the Steiners, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they they were really they good. They can hold their own. They can hold their own with guys like that. They were deceivingly good. Um, they can sell and they can hold their own. Um, that's a, yeah, that's a good choice, man. That's a really good choice. Damn, yeah. Bears were fun. You're a real sack of shit. That was a good one. Huh? <laughs> oh. Do you and, want to go? Yeah, they're, they're multiple time WWF tag team champions as well, too. They were very good. Oh, I really enjoyed two time. Yeah, I think so. Two time, two time, two or three. Uh, All right, I'll snake it back. We're back to singles now. Yeah, we're going back to singles. You gonna? All you right, gonna go? go on, Craig. Give it a go. Uh, this is a bit of a reach, um, but I've mentioned that the guys know this about me, and I, I kind of always talk about this guy whenever I have a chance. I get. Um, it's like a trivia question, but for he was a uh, most of the time prelim, but he did have his moment as a Saturday morning guy who was built up for a little while. Um, but I did enjoy his finisher. I did enjoy his look and I enjoyed his music. And I'm talking about Duke the Dumpster Drossy <laughs> as, a, as a guilty pleasure. And many people listening and watching this might have no clue who this guy was. He was PWI's. Uh, was he like number 500? Yeah, uh, no, yes, yeah. number one hundred for one year. Just, just made it. Just made it. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. He had a little, and I, maybe it was because I was really like leaned in to when he was being pushed and when he first debuted. 
and I don't think he went very far at all. But whatever that X four months period when he was being pushed on Saturday mornings, I was into Duke the stupid dumpster drossy and his tilt a whirl suplex or whatever he had and his garbage man outfit. I know, I, I don't know. I respect your choice, but man, that, <laughs> it's that garbage. is the epitome of guilty pleasure, though. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that really defines it. When you said that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Did he just said Duke Drosy? Like, oh. <laughs> but that's that's what this is all about. I respect. It really is. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a Duke the Dumpster Drosy birthday party. I think no, you, I didn't. You no, I really the, didn't. The lids together. Yeah, the, lids, the trash can lids. There's a lot you could play with if you were a garbage man. That was his gimmick, by the way. If you're if you're like, who the, is this guy? Duke the Dumpster Rose, he was a literal garbage man and came out in yeah. the garbage in man the, jacket. Yeah. With the uh, weight belt on, not the weight belt, but like the <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And to think That's if he would have been there during the TLC period in the Attitude Era, <laughs> what he could have done to the business bringing bring your own stuff to the match bro yeah just I dare wrong say place wrong time would have been duke drossy against the rock probably whoa, whoa, whoa if i had to if i had to venture a guess Super you said it buddy you Super. said it i didn't <laughs> uh i i you know as as uh as guilty as i was i think i could top it <laughs> what oh please do uh th- this guy is just uh you know certified just beef 330 pounds <laughs> Just what are we doing? Hulk Certified best beef. friend. Um, <laughs> oh no! You all know who I'm talking about. Um, I think no. And, and, and at the same time, he, he had some tag work, but I just when this guy came out, I'm like, man, how is this guy not just? How is he not the top hill that's getting fed to people? I'm talking about the warlord. Oh my god, this guy! Oh, is, I thought you were talking about Brutus Beefcake for a second. No, sorry, oh, that would have been a great that. choice. That's like the crowning jewel of oh, maybe on a future episode. The crowning jewel of turds. I mean, the warlord Hulk Hogan hates the warlord. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we get into this tangent. But the warlord himself, I seriously like three twenty, three three thirty. Just all be pressing everybody. Really impressive in there. I don't care who you put him in there. You put him in there just to just to see the physical look of it. I'm like, this guy's gonna tear your head off. This guy was probably one of the biggest guys that wasn't a chunk, right? The biggest built guy as far as weight's concerned. Even people like Brock Lesnar couldn't couldn't get close to that weight. You know, Andre's heavier, but Andre's, you know, a chunk. When, you know, there's the earthquakes a chunk. The only people that exceeded 330. Were chunks. This is probably the biggest guy that hit the weight room twice a day. And you would look at him and go, man, how is he not at the top? Twice a day. How is he not at the top? I'll tell um, you why he's not at the top because Hulk Hogan hated the warlord. That's do you have a story know. about that, Jess? I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You know. It's not even just one story. It's the fucking, like, I swear, every Royal Rumble, Hulk Hogan eliminated the warlord. Go back and see that I'm right. And then you cannot tell me that in the grand finale match of survival in 1990 Survivor Series (laughs) that Tito Santana giving a flying forearm to the warlord in the grand finale match of survival, like in the first six seconds, seven seconds, wasn't Hogan in the back going, what if we start off with Santana pinning the warlord in fucking six seconds, Vince? What do you think about that, brother? Like, and you know (laughs) that happened. And he's like, whatever you want, Terry. Fuck, I feel stop being so grumpy. 
Like, yeah, I swear Hogan had something against the Warlord. Every time Hogan and Warlord touched in a Royal Rumble, Hogan would throw him out. And every time you, uh, you Hogan had influence, sake. he would get pinned by some odd would, person. Yeah. And I'm like, why did the Warlord get pinned by that person for he no reason? He buried the Warlord. Yeah, He, bur- he buried him over time. But could I you argue that, that Hogan might have been intimidated by the Warlord? I mean, you take one look at that could've. guy and you're like, that could yeah. be me. Like, if you push him right and he has an inkling of mic work... um. He's probably taking my spot. Fuck, brother. Yeah. And Fuck, war, brother. It's, just, it's funny, as talking about favorites, Warlord and Bulldog, I think, wrestled every pay-per-view for almost a year and a half. Yeah. Also, like, and had great matches. matches too. Yeah. yeah they, I mean, for two big guys. And they were we, fine we, for what it was. I really actually enjoyed the They were great matches. Well, so yeah. 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 We would watch those and go, oh, this is going to be a stinker, two big guys. And then you're like, oh, wow. They, yeah. They really, they put it together, you know? Yeah. Because usually two big guys are just, after a while, they're all, they're just gassed and, you know. Lots of bear hugs. They didn't do that, you know. So kudos to them. But that's my that's my weird guilty pleasure. Is the I did like his mask too? That silver like half mask. That was the half mask. Yeah, the good presentation. Yeah, he had the the weird mask and he had the trident when he came down. I'm like that. That was the look. And he was completely, you know, shaven head and all that. I'm like, this guy's going places. They're gonna feed him to Hogan or somebody. And he's nah. He's gonna get pinned by two. Oh, they fed him to Hogan, all right. (laughs) Big thick summon a bitch. Yes, he really was. By the way. So you put a ton of pressure on me right now to try to end the singles here with the bang. Um, <laughs> fuck. I, fuck. Uh, Tom Zink. <laughs> what? I like the Z-Man. Stop. I like the Z-Man. Z-Man. Right now. And Tony Schiavone in the recent podcast makes me laugh because Tom Zink passed away, which is insane because he died insanely young. Um, I don't remember how he passed, but he did like two or three years ago. And uh, oh, before, I had no idea. Yeah, before he passed, Tony Schiavone on his uh, podcast with Conrad uh, would always talk about how he thought Tom Zank was super handsome, like on everything. So he's Such like, a he's, a, he's a good looking man. man. He's a good looking man, Conrad. And like, so it was an ongoing joke. And so on one episode, Conrad's like, it, like I know he had theme music, Tony, but if you could do his theme music, what would it be? And he was like, uh. Tom Zink, do 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 do. Tom Zink, do 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 do. And on YouTube, I want to say a fan made an actual generic tune to that, and it's brilliant. Ah, amazing, it's lovely. And I'll try to put the sound clip in here actually right now. Um, and hopefully Conrad won't sue me because he's the wrestling podcast, you know, uh, god. I don't know he's cool. Of course, stringent workout. Cross body off the top. The leg is hooked, and this one's in the book. Here's your opener, the Z. I always liked him. He was NWA TV champion for a little bit uh, in WCW, and uh, I always liked I always liked the Z Man. I don't know why. Like I just mm. I liked his look. I and I don't like faces all that much. The the high five slapping. All right, like I've done yeah. really big. Yeah, fan yeah of usually that. the like, guilty pleasure is more of a heel base when we get into. Yeah, it. Like, not I, well, to I'm like not. Him. I'm not a big like fan of that kind of uh, face anyway. Um, but for some reason, Tom Zink uh, steers my coffee. I don't know why. Maybe I steers my coffee. Yeah, maybe I think he's insanely <laughs> handsome, like Shivani does. I don't know. I just I I like Tom Zink. I thought he was pretty good in the ring, and like he was a good looking guy. And like I don't know. I always enjoyed Tom Zink. So when he was TV champion for a little bit, and the TV championship was mostly defended on like WCW Saturday Night or that kind of program, you know, um, I always liked it because he got to wrestle for like twenty five minutes. I'm like Tom Zink's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. I don't know why I think that. I'm embarrassed actually right now that I said that in front of you guys. Uh, so I, I, that's I don't that's like why he's a guilty pleasure. If you like yeah, Tom Sink, whose biggest I'm gimmick? Back, I'm going back to picks, and I, and I totally, I, I get it, Jess. That's fine. Yeah, I totally. I mean, I yeah. I feel bad for him. He has uh, he, he you couldn't tell him and Jim Powers apart, body tanned. And then when he did say, have a gimmick, he went from Tom Zink to like, what about Z-Man? I mean, my last name is Zink. Like, that's kind of all he kind of had. But he's still like so from but for against all, <laughs> like all, all odds. He could couldn't change the name. So what do you got for me? I don't know, man. My last name is Zink. What do, do you, you think? Like, do you guys? I mean, you guys going to be Z-Man, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. But he, he could be, but he could wrestle. I mean, yeah, I mean he, the, the man can work. I just feel like, do you, do you remember the, I think it was 1988, the movie Bachelor Party? I just feel Tom like Hanks? he should be a stand in in Bachelor Party. Like this, you know. He could have been. Yeah. I think he but was I mean, like the male sure. stripper? Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that That is, was his kind of his look, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Like, and didn't you know, he, Nick, he had the, a podcast. You know, Towards the end of his life, where he was kind of controversial, right? Or, or am I completely crazy? Or he on Twitter he would review. Maybe am I completely off like base? That. I don't. Re- I don't recall, but it could very well be. It could very well be. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember why. I should have looked up why he passed away. Um, but uh, yeah, he passed. Embarrassment. Away really young. I'm just kidding. That's not, that was awful. I think he was late 40s, early 50s, probably something like that. Yeah, he died in 2017. Fuck. That's awful. 59 years old. Wow, I didn't even think it was that old. Arthrosclerosis and cardiomegaly. Wow, that's probably all from wrestling. By the way, that's probably from chasing his craft sounds and being like, wrestled, like and so. maybe some steroids. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Six well, foot all- two, two hundred and thirty pounds of massiveness. We're only thirty-five minutes into this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you guys up. Pick another, pick another singles. Do it. Or do you want to do tag team? Or do you want to do another tag team? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I fucked your shit up right or, now. Or you can do either one, right? We just make it, you know, make it a wild card. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> wild card. It could be okay. You you want me to give you one? So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna go one more round. Dave, we'll start with you, and uh, it could be a tag team or singles. Fucking hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Um, that this, should be this, a, that should be a song. Yeah. <laughs> hit me with. Oh. I'm gonna give you one that. No, I think you already did. Power and glory. And I can't do it again. I can't do it again. Even though we find a way to do it again because we re-record yeah, a video, whatever. <laughs> we had it in the can. Now I can talk about it again. Like what the fuck? Um, but seriously, oh, I'm gonna. I'm trying to pick between the two. I'm, okay, I'm gonna give it to you. I love this tag team, and it's so stupid. God, it's so dumb. But I, I thought high energy was gonna be so awesome. Oh my god, high energy. Hi! Energy. I instantly regret saying, let's do a fourth pick. Let's do another one. Yeah. Coco Beware, Owen Hart, oh which, God. by the way, you you all love Their Owen Hart. Their pants are ridiculous. Don't, yeah. They're, they're, yeah they're their outfits pants, were. The hammer God. pants were outrageous with the suspenders on them that just, I'm pretty sure Men on a Mission took over. But just you know, the height of Zubaz, the height uh, of fucking stretchy yeah. weightlifting pants. But this is this was like the ultimate high flying tag team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun. And Owen Hart can make everything work. It was so much fun watching them come out. And it's it's just one of those things. Once again, you're like, what are we going to do with Coco? Oh, shit. I don't know. Put him with Owen. Do something. I don't care. Like, put and baggy that's pants of, on him. Yeah. Put some, put some baggy pants on him to hide the gut that Coco was getting. Like, God. You know, but Coco's still hitting, you know, missile dropkicks on the top rope, bringing that goddamn parrot down. And it's mm-hmm. incredible. 
I thought it was so much fun. And Coco would sing during during the stupid interview service. I yeah. laughed my ass off. And, and stop. They were entertaining. We need one more thing. Headbands. Headbands <laughs> for that's both right. of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my that's that's a guilty pleasure, man. I had that's a great choice. I was like, I had to bring I had you brought another one, Jess. I had to bring it. So there you go. Good Christ. God, that's that's that was intense. Very good choice. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to be last this time, so I'm going to go. Huh? Oh, huh? shit. Because I don't want to I don't want to feel the pressure of trying to end it with a bang, because I don't know if Tom Zink matched. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, why he, that's why he kept it going, because Tom Zink didn't deliver. Yeah, that's actually true. We could be here for three hours. So like, Tom Zink did not No one likes all. their last choice. They're like, yeah, okay, we're going to go one more round. Like, all right, we're going to do a night. We're going to do guys. another one. Surprise. Yeah. Since we're only uh, two and a half hours in, we're going to do one more. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, fuck Terry Taylor. Uh, listen, shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> shut up. Oh, no, I didn't God, necessarily care for the Red Rooster per se, but like I liked Terry Taylor before that. He was in the UWF, and I always enjoyed Terry Taylor. And then when he went to WWF, I didn't mind him per se as the Red Rooster because I thought Terry Taylor was a good wrestler on the ring. And then he would he went back to WCW after that and was a Taylor made man and blah blah blah. And um, there's a lot of podcasts of people sort of ripping on Terry Taylor, saying he's a little stooge and a little shit like that. But I always enjoyed Terry Taylor. I liked his wrestling, and I, for some reason, uh, I think he was what kind was of, the, he, he always wanted to be Ric Flair, I think, kind of was the problem with him, and true. but uh, I, I, I enjoyed Terry Taylor, there I said it. What was the what was the gimmick that he could have huh? gotten that was like getting picked out right at the same time, coming out of the box? No, I didn't even think that was true. I think it's more of a joke. What's I, the, think, I mean, like, it's the joke. What's the joke? Wasn't he like a Terrence Rich guy for a while? That was almost his best gimmick. That was, was WCW he? after, yeah. When he, after he left as Red Rooster, he went back to WCW, and he was called the Taylor Made Man, and yeah. he was with uh, Alexandra York and the York Foundation. That's right. And he was fun. He was like a million dollar man kind of ripoff, but not yeah, because really, he had the suits like Teddy Biasi had the glittery, you know what I mean, like tearaway suits. That's he had those. He could go though. Like, he could wrestle, but man, he loved just to spike your hair up red <laughs> and just do. Oh wow, cock the walk, bro. According to Bruce Pritchard, they when they gave him the Red Rooster gimmick, he they he always like tried to copy the Ric Flair strut in the ring. And <laughs> okay. so in the back, Bruce Pritchard said, "Like God, he when he struts, it just looks funny. He struts like a rooster." <laughs> so when he came back and they didn't really have anything for him, they're like, "Why don't you like you strut like a rooster? Why don't we call you the Red Rooster?" Oh my God! And the Red Rooster, I guess, is like an aggressive head of the roost kind of rooster. I think that's yeah, the yeah. whole thing about a red mm-hmm. rooster. So he's like the alpha rooster. So instead of Terry Taylor, Bruce claims that they want him to be more serious with it. And he, they didn't want him to necessarily cluck around like he did, but he uh, they still doing that, make yeah. it your own, Stop but he it. ended up doing that anyway. Stop they told it. him to do that. And you're you're, you're totally right. Cause Bruce is full of absolute shit. Uh, Cause <laughs> they made him, you can't tell me that Vince would be like, and then we're going to spike your hair up with red paint. That was totally Vince. Them fucking with. Yeah. Terry it was, it wasn't like he did it on a house yeah. show and they pulled Bruce back claimed said, hey, that, hey, that brother, Terry Taylor that is the one that came up with the red, the, the red thing. And he went really cartoony and, and clucked around and all that. He was like, that was Terry Taylor. Stop we saying clucked to- around. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible pun. He roosted around. What? That's twice. You've said clucked around. Stop clucked it. Around. Is that even a term? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> See, it's where you could have ended it. See, you, you had the right one, Jess. This, this is not guilty pleasure. This is trigger Craig. <laughs> done and done. So I get so Bruce Bruce claims that yeah, Terry Taylor's the one that came up with that ridiculous cartoony gimmick. I'm yeah. like, really? In the land of the cartoons, he's the one that came up with right. the cartoon yeah, gimmick. That's yeah. too that's yes, that's too far. That is the far. Red Rooster. Yeah. That was yeah, that's very that's not fair on Terry Taylor. Yeah. So like I think it's the other way around. I think that they were mocking him. Because he he did. He was a fan of Ric Flair, Terry Taylor was. He would go out there, and when he was a heel before WWF, he would strut around kind of like Flair used to do the strut. And every you know, he wanted to copy that. I think he he wore tights kind of like Flair, the long knee pads like Flair. Like he kind of just really tried to be like a villain like Flair. So when he went to WWF, uh, he was just Terry Taylor at first. And I think they couldn't figure out how they wanted him to work in. And they were like, you strut like a rooster. They were mocking him. <laughs> and so he just said, all right. Like, and they're like, we're going to turn your face and you're going to be the red rooster. And we want you to like, you know, do, jerk your head and do the red thing. You can't tell me that Vince wasn't like, yeah, here's here's some red paint rooster. Ha, <laughs> do it. Do it. He no, had a, he had a great music that it was great music. Yeah. I agree. I think music for me, like it's it's a half of it. I, oh, a lot of times, I justify choices in wrestlers by their the music. So it really is. So the and the the rumor that everybody says is that their Mr. Perfect was got it, and then I got this. Is that's what? Yeah, I don't know if Conrad brought that up. It was like a thing where Henning came in kind of at the same time, and so they were like, one of you guys is going to be Mr. Perfect, and the other one's going to be the Red Rooster. And Henning ended up getting Mr. Perfect, and but I don't I don't know how true that is. That yeah, they, they said they said he imagined yeah. this alternative universe where they picked it out of the hat and one got yeah. Red Rooster and one yeah. got yeah. It's not uh, true, but it's fun talk about getting about. fucked over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terry Taylor's like, oh, Mr. Perfect's in here. Yeah. Oh, I'm a fucking that's right. Like being- Hogan's story about how like uh, it was I was either going to get the fat burning grill or I was going to get the Hulk Hogan yeah. blender or whatever, and I missed the phone call. So George Foreman got the George Foreman grill, and I got the shitty tornado and he blamed, blender. And he blamed his wife for it. Thanks, yeah, Linda. Thanks, yeah. bitch. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, so Craig, you have to end it now, huh? Ah! We're going, going to twenty choices if it's not good. I want you to cluck around, big guy, and kind of get me. Another <laughs> <choice> <laughs> Tell me uh, something. I don't know if this guy. This I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure because he he kind of did he got a little bit of a push, but I oh, liked him. Randy so Savage. Uh, I love Randy Savage. I'm like nice. Rick Flair. And I think and at first for me, his music kind of did it. And it was teased. His tease was a music video at first. And it starts with everybody. Here comes two gold Scorpio. That's a good one. When two gold Scorpio first debuted, it was unlike anything you'd seen. Like uh, 360 splash. You know the video? We're going to the game room. And it was all it was awful like VHS like basic editing where like it was like like shadow and star wipes and very very bad acting by school kids in a playground. It was terrible. Oh, because he gets out of a limo and teaches them how to dance. Yes. And the yeah. reason why he was awesome was because he was incredible in the ring. Like legitimately. Yeah. Like he was doing crazy shit. Like, uh, again, I can throw a match out there. I don't remember what Clash of Champion it was, but it was sometime in 1993. Uh, it was the Clash of the Champions where the Hollywood Blondes took on Anderson and Flair in a two out of three false match. But Barry Windham 
defended his NWA championship against Too Cold that night. And that match was so good. And wow. Scorpio, like, amazed everybody and was, like, doing all these crazy moves. And the place was going nuts for him. Like, I'll never forget that because that was in everybody. And his matches with Benoit yes. that he had earlier that year, like, Scorpio was awesome. And they opened Super Brawl. Bagwell. I'm just kidding. They didn't open <laughs> Super Brawl. I lost. His tag team with Marcus Bagwell was good, too. Yes. That's a really good guilty pleasure. Like, Scorpio was really good. He was really yeah. fun. And he gained weight, I think, at some point, and then he lost a little bit when he wasn't the same in WWF. But like that, those early days for me, too, and did yeah, ECW as well. He those early days for me, it was like he could have been something really, really special. And I'm not sure what what happened, but I liked him. I think people just wanted to straddle him with a gimmick. Yeah, he was Flash Funk in WWF. He was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you can argue that they, oh, he didn't need the title, kind of bullshit. But he should have had. He could have used one. Strapped to the guy. Yeah, did he win the tag belts with Bagwell? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, that's actually a really, really last final Mm -hmm. good pick. I really enjoyed. I love love how you bring the theme music. I gotta, yeah, I gotta find a way to put that in here too. This, so the video I'm gonna play here, like I'm yeah. gonna go nuts on this pick. Like, this is great. <laughs> so good, so good. That, that's a that's a way to end it right there. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. And anything we talk about is inspired by the WWE Network. Do yourself a favor and get your free month today to watch anything WWE, WCW, ECW, and more. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good one.